0: Episode 74, I have a wonderful guest today, Bobby Benton. Thank you so much for joining us and joining me. We are in Cancun. Um, The water's blue, the skies are blue, the weather's hot, and it seems that we've got a pretty hot fight on Saturday night, and you're the trainer of one half of the main event, and he is defending his WBC Super Featherweight title. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, definitely. How you feeling, man? Good. It's been quite a long time, I have well actually, I'm trying to think of the last time I saw you, but um
1: uh in TJ.
0: Oh yeah, so it wasn't that long ago. No. In Mexico. Yes. <laughs> Different part of Mexico. <laughs> that's right. But you are a busy guy. Yes. Um, for the people that don't know you, um, you're a trainer extraordinaire. <laughs> I know you're a humble guy. Yeah. And you're one of the guys that you don't really like to put yourself in front of the camera. Um But you have quite a a long story and a a storied past in boxing. And it goes back um, at least a generation to your father, Bill. Um, You wanna talk about that just for a little bit?
1: Um, We can, yeah. I mean, you wanna ask me some stuff and then I'll- Yeah,
0: I mean, so you're from Indiana originally, right? Born
1: in Indiana, uh, raised in Houston, Texas though. Yeah. We We moved to Houston when I was eight years old. And that's really when your boxing journey started. Yeah, well, my dad was training guys when when we lived in Indiana. He had fighters out there. So the reason we moved to Houston was because of boxing. Mm -hmm. Dwight Pratchett fought um, Rafe Sims. No, first he fought Rafe Sims. He defended his belt, uh, um, the NABF belt. And then my dad liked it in Houston, so we moved down there.
0: Yeah. So speaking of Dwight Pratchett, I love the fact that Dwight's kind of been through your story the whole time and still is. Trains Austin, Emma Williams. Yes. uh, Quite a fighter of his own. Mm -hmm. And I know this story you like to tell about when he fought Julio Cesar Chavez in Vegas. It was, what, 85? Yeah. And you were eight years old. That was it. And what what was what did that mean to you?
1: Uh, That's the first like time I ever left Indiana. So we flew to Vegas and it was a I mean, Definitely, the the card was special. Larry Holmes fought on there. It was a, it was a big card, you know? So Dwight going the distance with Chavez. First one to go 12 rounds with Chavez. So, I mean, if you look at Dwight's record, he fought everybody. Juan Laporte. I mean, everybody. Jimmy Taylor. Paul, Meldrick Taylor. You can go down. There. All his losses were most – those guys were world champions. So, yeah. Juan he was Laporte, just a good
0: friend of mine, man. Yeah. He's a, he's a great guy. Brooklyn guy and a Puerto Rican guy.
1: My dad actually trained Juan Laporte for um, – for a couple of his fights also. So that, well,
0: actually, something that's funny about that fight, do you know the title that was on the line in that fight?
1: For Ch- Ch- Chavez? Pr- Pratchett Chavez? WBC. Which one? 130 pound title, yeah.
0: And what's 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 this, this one? It shocks the oh 130 man. pound Yeah. That's it. <laughs> it's the same <laughs> title that's going on tonight. Isn't that funny? It's crazy, right? I love how, how that kind of makes the circle. It's the same exact title. Yeah. The Super featherweight championship, I love that. One of the things that makes, I think, you so special is that obviously the history with your dad and Main Street boxing and stuff, but all the other trainers and boxing people that you've come across and that have come through your gym over the years, whether we're talking Manny Stewart, uh, Don Turner, uh, Dundee, I mean, go ahead, you can, Jesse yeah. Reed.
1: Yeah, Jesse, I can mean, there's, there's, <laughs> There's been over fifty world champions in the gym so almost every trainer has came through there and, and uh, I mean just being a sponge and and paying attention not talking is uh i mean it's that's, that's you learn something from every one of them is, is what you're supposed to do and not uh now I think a lot of trainers they they don't they don't go through that process and I'm lucky I'm really really lucky that all those guys were in the gym so I got to I really got to get schooled on that, you know. But it did, could have been. Uh, go ahead. It could have been. Uh, it could have been different. I could have been just another guy, you know. Started with an amateur team, and and I did. I had an amateur team, and that's how I started. But I, I got to I got to see the pro side of it more than anything.
0: Speaking of amateur, you did have one amateur fight. Yes. I know you say that your dad didn't want you to fight. Tell right. us the story about that. What was that like?
1: He, he, he did, he told me, like, he was like, you know, you don't want to do this. Like, it's, you know, and at the time, I really wanted to, you know. I'm an athlete. I play basketball. I do all kind of stuff. And, but he was, he, he I could see he really, really didn't want me to do it. So, I had one amateur fight. Afterwards, he was like, that's it, right? And I was like, yeah, okay. And then that's when I started training guys and, and kind of picking up in the gym. I mean, you must have
0: seen so many incredible things over the years. I mean, a lot of very, very storied fighters uh, have trained, like you said, over 50 world champions, but you've been around some some pivotal moments of a lot of those guys' career. I mean, Holyfield. Yeah. Um, with his his first
1: two fights with, with Mike Tyson, is that correct? He was he trained in my dad's gym his whole career. Just at the end, he went with Ronnie, he was trained at Ronnie's gym. But yeah, he was in our gym since I can remember. Melter Taylor, um, I mean, Duvas were there. Uh, Ronnie Shields, Georgie Benton. Uh, I mean, I, I can't even, like, it's hard so for me to guys. just, yeah. to think about A lot of guys from
0: top rank, Yeah, Cedric yeah. Kushner. Kushner
1: was, my dad was a matchmaker for Kushner, Kushner. So there was a lot of guys that came from, the, all those South African guys came down. That's another one. Those, those guys, um, they outworked us. I learned a lot from them, just on their work ethic. Mm. They would come, they weren't as talented as, as the American fighters, but they, they had, you know, it was like nine world champions from South Africa that came over. Hmm. and trained in our gym
0: and of course david too he was a cushion oh, yeah. fighter yep and uh you got a story about gary bell and david don't you
1: yeah gary bell actually gary bell for the holyfield fight gary bell used they used gary bell more than they used Tua. a um Tua for whatever reason he uh he holyfield was just that style was you know he had no problem with it so he was getting a better at Tua.
0: It's funny, man. Gary Bell's a Brooklyn guy and many years ago, this is, we're going back 20-something years, and I was, um, I was training at uh, bed Boxing Club. And I went in there one day, and I used to just like to mix it up with whoever was in the gym. Mm-hmm. And Gary was the only guy in the gym. <laughs> and I said, hey, you want to you know go a few rounds? And he looked at me and said, man, you're not ready for me. And, um, and I looked at him, I was kind of like, he was like, nah, man. I was like, alright, cool. And then I ended up you know, the, uh, like many fights later, I did one of his fights, and I said, "Oh, we finally get to meet in the ring." You know, it, it was funny, but uh, yeah, Gary Bell, and also another guy you you trained um, out of your gym. Well, a couple guys, another a couple of New York guys: Nagy Aguilera, Lou Sabaries, Lou, Crazy Vane. I love Lou. Yeah. How's Lou doing? He's good. Lou's a He's great. He's good. Guy. He's still
1: in the gym. He comes down. Um, he does some some privates at the gym. Yeah, and um, and Nagi's still training. Is so, he? Yeah.
0: Oh, it's great, man. I, I did. I used to do his fights in the amateurs. Great guy, and uh, even
1: Junior Jones. Junior Jones, he beat uh, Barrera. Barrera, and we trained That's in our he's... gym. Yeah, he trained in our gym for both those fights. Yep.
0: Junior Jones, man, He used to live right down the street from me. Yeah. Wow. Incredible. I mean, what a and Orlando Can- Canizales. Canizales,
1: yeah. Underrated, wow. maybe yeah. the most underrated champion I think I've ever seen
0: just unbelievable the roster. 16 the
1: world title defenses and like, I mean, and the talent he had, like if you look at the stuff he was doing was nobody was doing what he was doing at that time.
0: Extremely humble and nice guy too. Really great guy. Yeah. I always love running to Orlando. Um, his
1: brother, Gabby, Gabby was, ch- they were both champion in the same way at the same time.
0: Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So let's talk about, let's talk about this weekend. So, I mean, first of all, Speaking of trainers, I mean, you got two world world titleists right now, Oshaki Foster, and of course Regis Progre. and that's another great reason to have you on the pod. Not only because you're a great trainer, we want to have you on anyway, and you got the main event here, but also Regis Progre has a has a has a, a big fight coming up Absolutely. against Devin Haney. Um, so Oshaki Foster, um, great win against Ray Vargas, obviously. Um, what do you know about Rocky Hernandez?
1: Uh, a lot i'm a, I like to study, so i um i love watching tape. I love trying to break down the fights and see i mean he's he's uh he can punch that's it he's very dangerous he's he stays small, he's hard to hit he's he's not going to be um i mean he's not just a typical like stand up tall walk to you throw punches. He gets small, he gets under shots, so it's going to be it's going be interesting but shocks shock is by far. The most talented guy i've ever trained like iq wise um it just really really it's i call it i always say he's got a cheat code for everything he does like it's he makes everything look easy but what people don't see is the detail he puts into training like if he almost gets hit with a shot he'll be like he'll look at me like oh that could have landed right we got to work on that you know that's the detail he puts into it so you fancy this fight Absolutely. I fancy anybody at 130 against him.
0: So we, we've got a fight coming up. Uh, is it? I think it's next week in Monaco. Cordina. Joe Cordina. Yeah. What do you think about that? If he comes through this test with Vasquez. Bring it on. Bring it on.
1: We've got to get through Rocky first, but
0: yeah. Sure, of course. Absolutely. Unification would be nice. It'd be real nice. If, of course, you know. Both guys. Boxing, we never know. This is why we watch. <laughs> this is why we watch. Yeah. 100%. It's a really exciting fight. Um, so there's a guy in your gym, Evans Tobler, strength and conditioning.
1: Yes, he's Regis's.
0: Yeah, he, ca- and he caught some headlines the other day with this press conference. What, what's going on? What's going on with Evans? What's going on with Regis? What's what's going on with this fight? Talk no, about
1: he's, this he's he's uh, Evans is that's that's that's, that's he's, he's good at that. That's what he does. You know, he's he, he believes in Regis and he he's he's vocal about it. You yeah. know, so that's he's and he's been like that. I mean, every. It, Every fight, he's the one kind of sparks a, a fire, you know, which is good. I mean, it's it's good what he does. But um, for me, the press conference it was a little too much for him and Haney. They just they, that was the that was their Bill Haney and Tobbler. They kind of took over, and it was fine. But Regis is good at talking trash, and he's quick, and he's you know I kind of wanted to see him talk a little bit, but I, I heard he got it off on the face off. So.
0: I heard it was a little spicy. I haven't seen it yet, but I, I heard it was a little picante for sure. Yeah. What, um, so Regis, obviously, is from New Orleans. Uh, Katrina happened. I guess, from what I understand, he started boxing for a very, very short time in New Orleans and then came to Texas. Uh, can you tell us about this?
1: Yeah, he came to Texas. He, was, um, he trained at uh, Savannah Boxing Club, Willie Savannah's gym. And uh, was, there was a lot of Charlos were there. Highland Williams, I mean, they, they had an amateur, like, that was, they were dominant. They, their amateur team was, was dominant. I can't even think of all the guys, same thing. Um, and at the same time, when, the, when, the, when Regis was amateur, Holyfield was over there training there. Um, Rocky Juarez was there. Uh, it was a bunch of good pros also over there at Willie Savannah. So he's, uh, he, got, he got to, you know, watch that and realize that, that he, could, he could be there one day. He belonged there and now he's world champion so
0: and his progression can you talk about that Cause i remember doing one of his fights very very early and i said wow this for sure he can punch i knew he had the heart i knew he was a fighter um i got i got along really great with regis from the beginning but you you see him up close can you talk about his evolution as a fighter
1: absolutely so when when i first started training him he was uh five and oh or six and oh and he was um just tough, you know. He come, up, he would come over all the time and spar my guys, and I was like, he just, he's rugged, you know, he's tough. Mm. When I started training him, I was like, wow, he can box. He doesn't have to get hit, and he's like, man, I just like to fight. That was his, our whole battle. A lot of times, yeah. is always,
0: yeah.
1: Why not box? You don't have to get hit. You're still gonna knock these guys out because you can punch. You can run them into stuff, but he's got, he's got so much dog in him that it's a, it's a constant battle. Did, did, did you feel like
0: that with the Taylor fight? I mean, that was such a close fight. Absolutely. And you feel like that played some part of it? Like he just wanted to trade more than more than box. Hundred percent.
1: If you look at the fight, like we were boxed early, the middle rounds he got into a fight and uh, I, it was it was back and forth, you know. And Taylor, of course, we're home. He's home, so those middle rounds Taylor definitely won them, you know. But then back, the later rounds where he just comes back and I'm like, we have to box now. He goes back to boxing. I felt like we swept the later rounds and actually almost, almost stopped him in the last round. And two of the judges gave Taylor the last round. And if they hadn't... It would've been a draw. It would've been a draw. Right. So I'm like, but it's all right. I mean, it is, it is He's he's uh, he can't box, he can bang, he can do it all, so.
0: How do you get a fighter to listen to your instruction, like in the heat of battle. Is it is it one of those things where I mean do you yell instructions? Are you more that guy? Or are you more the guy like, look, I'm gonna teach you what it is, do your thing. In between rounds, we'll discuss it.
1: Depends on who it is. Okay. All these guys are different. Um Regis really staying calm works with him, you know. The yelling, I don't really think it, it affects him much. You know, he's uh when you're calm and you can talk to him and he can understand you, it he'll he'll make adjustments. He'll listen. With Shock, really, just tell him if he's making a mistake. I kind of leave Shaq alone. Like I said, his his IQ is uh, is is on another level. So it's like, I just try to I try to sit back and let him do his thing. And then if he's making a mistake, we'll talk about it. Or if I need him to pick it up, stuff like that. That's that he's easy, you know. They're both easy in their own ways.
0: I think I think part of the reason they're easy is because of the way you are, and I think that's one of the great attributes you have as a trainer is instead of yelling at these guys and and something like that, you, for some reason, you, not that you befriend them, because I think you're you're definitely the coach, you know, I think you're definitely the coach, but I think that you, you get to them on a personal level, and they respect you, you know, and they respect you, and and I think that um, it just works out very well.
1: No, I appreciate that, and that's, that's, yeah, you're right, but it is on a personal level. I am personal with these guys. It's not a, for me it's not just business you know like i'm i'm uh i'll i'll turn down money if i don't feel like something's right you know yes. like even if it's big money i'll be like this ain't working for me i'm not gonna do it but because it, it is i i i gotta care about the guy i get we have to have some kind of connection and that takes time it took uh i mean i've been training in shock now i think six years now maybe seven years but i've known him since he was eight years old and it still took time for us to to get to come together. to connect. Yeah.
0: How did that happen?
1: Uh, the connection. well, just over time, you know, just us being around each other. And, and I think him is starting to trust, you know, cause I can remember when he was eight years old, I'd, I'd be like, Hey, what's up? He wouldn't even like, he'd just he'd look just at you. Off like, office. I don't trust you. You know, like he had that, like he wouldn't even speak to you, but now you look at him, he's, he's, I mean, he's, he's, he's humble. He's, uh, he's, he's relaxed. He's, he, I mean, we have our team and you know, me, Dwight, Aaron, you know Keith. We're all we're all here together, and it's a it's a. Um, he trusts all of us, so it's no. There's no. There's no more. Uh, like, him feeling uncomfortable or.
0: Speaking of of Dwight, um, and let's go to Ammo for a second. Uh, Austin Ammo Williams, uh, undefeated, possibly coming up on a world title shot. Um, talk about him for a little bit.
1: Yeah, Ammo's. Um... He's a special, special guy. He's um, super, super talented. Uh, I don't think his last fight he got to show everything he's capable of doing. The fight kind of went its way, you know, and that happens sometimes, But that's and that's part of it. But he's got um, athletic ability. I mean, it's sick, what, the stuff he can do, and he, he hasn't shown it yet. But he's definitely capable of doing some, some real big things.
0: You know, talking about when things don't go your way, let's just go – Jumping back and forth Talk a good. little bit, it's fun for me. But it just jogged my memory. Regis's last fight against uh, Zorilita. Zoria, yeah. Yeah, Zoria, Z- <laughs> Zori, um, oh, Danielito. Yeah. Zoria. Um, obviously, that that was you know not not the best. Uh, that was not the fight of the year. Let's put it that way. Of course. Um, and a lot of people thought it was a real stinker from Regis. At the same time, you know, Danielito can he he knows his way around the ring. And if a guy doesn't want to engage, it can be extremely difficult to cut off the ring. Can you talk a little bit about that fight? Um, You know, during the fight, any adjustments that you wanted to make that maybe didn't happen or that you, something you've worked on since, or even the mindset afterwards, because I know Regis would felt like it was a real letdown. right? Because this was kind of like his big showcase and he's a big puncher. And like, obviously in boxing, people want to see the punch. That's exciting. Regis is an exciting fighter and then boom, here's a dud. Right. So I know it
1: was a real letdown for him. Hundred percent. He's um definitely we're all disappointed, but it was like you said, to me Z- Zaria was was uh, he's that was smart that was the smartest thing he could have done is is really kind of stink the place up and make it as boring as possible for him to survive and not get not get not get, you know, knocked out. After he yeah.
0: felt that power. Yeah. Not to bring up bad stuff, but you just got back from the Gold Coast of Australia, which I know you absolutely loved. I wanna, I wanna hear about that, because you said, man, that's a great place. Absolutely. But, um, you know, you had a loss over there with Miguel Flores. Yeah. Um, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, that's... Um, Sam Goodman, yeah.
1: Well, yeah, Sam was, um, I think the time off with Mikey, you know, and then, and not to, not, no no excuses, we lost. But I didn't think we lost that bad. They didn't give us one round. I was like, mm, the fight was competitive. Okay. But he um uh, we definitely lost. Mikey, um Mikey's on that on that edge, you know. I mean he's had some great performances. With Leo Santa Cruz, we kinda shut him down, had a good night. We weren't gonna win that either. With Mars we beat him. I mean, I I haven't talked to five people that thought Mars won that fight. And then we go we go, we wait. We don't fight for what? Thirteen months. And that's it's a long time to to be inactive, you know. For Mikey, he's a he's got a he's got a, most guys, not just anybody, but you you have to be you have to fight to stay sharp. It's just like you know, if you don't play basketball for a year and you go play a game, a pickup it. game, you're gonna be like, well, damn, I'm, you know, I mean, shock shock. Like I said, there's an, there's a guy with the exception, he didn't fight from March, and then we fight for the world title. I think it was 15 months later or whatever. And, Look what he did to Ray Vargas. He made him look very ordinary.
0: Yeah. Great performance. Really great performance. But
1: hes uh, he's, he just needs to be active, and and he can can turn that corner, I think.
0: So the gym, you know, there's funny things you were talking about, like a majority decision. That got me thinking. There was a story back, because other guys in your gym, like, I want to talk about Aaron Navarro real quick, because he's a guy that I just love, you know, I, I you see. Gotta, you gotta I, love him. I, I see Aaron all the time and I know you and him are stick of Steve's. Oh yeah. You guys are like are like brothers. And you know, Cut Men, they're they're a very important part of the game. And we were talking about Don Turner and Holyfield. Did <laughs> you know the story about Michael Moore, the fight with Michael Moore, he got the cut. And um, I think Don Turner said, Man, Cut Men, supposedly they're the biggest scam in the game. <laughs> and uh, Holyfield was gonna have to pay uh i think it was it was Marrata i think he was gonna have to pay him like twenty five thousand. so he didn't he didn't pay him he didn't have a cut man and he got a cut yeah and he lost he lost the title um but you got you got aaron navarro in the gym talk about him for a little bit
1: aaron's my like you said he's my brother he's um he's my right hand man we're we're he does more than just cut man he's he's part of our training team you know he's uh if i'm not there he's there we we, we cover each other's back and he's got fighters too and he'll take the a side on some guys and i'll take the a side but He's, uh, like he knows just as much as I do. He knows how to wrap hands. He knows how to work cuts. I mean, we swap roles sometimes. That's, it's, it's, uh, like you said, that's my brother. And the gym
0: that opened in 80, 86, it opened, right? There was a fire, yeah?
1: No. That so was a the, different gym. Yes. So there's been three gyms. There's been, this is the fourth. So, so Heights. Uh, Maine and Elgin, Clay and Shinnovert, which was the one on, that caught fire. That was ninety nine. And nine. Then, yeah, and this one's on Austin and Pease, yeah.
0: So anyone that knows boxing in, in Texas, I mean the Heights and Main so these are these are I mean these are gyms of lore. You know. Yeah. They go way back. So um, you just and, and supposedly that you, you have a you have a gym dog? <laughs> uh, like a dog that's in your gym.
1: No, Lou had one. Lou had a dog in the gym for a while. Oh, Lou Severis. Yeah. That was Lou's dog? <laughs> yeah. All right. He, when he was with, he partnered up with me for a while, and um, he had his dog down there, yeah.
0: Okay. But, and then they were telling me about some, some other guy who's, uh, I guess, like a 70-year-old man, 71-year-old man. 75. Is he Rick? Rick
1: Bobigan, yeah. Rick. he He still competes at the, at the Masters tournaments. <laughs> he just fought in Vegas um, about two months ago. He's a, uh, I mean, he's what you want to be when you get older. You know, he's, there's no, like, he's, he's in great shape. He eats right. He lives right. He takes trips. He does, but he, and he trains like a fighter. He's, he's like, he's like one of my pros, you know. We, we, we strategize. He'll, after a fight, he'll come back. We'll watch the tape together and talk about what we did wrong and, and try to fix it. So, 75
0: years old. Yes. God bless him. That's amazing. Yes. I love it. But you too, man, you supposedly, from what I understand, 5 a.m., you're there. Whether you're training someone or whether you're cleaning, right. you're at the gym. Yeah. Whether you're going on a run. Um, yeah?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't sleep much, so it's um, it's my life, you know. I, uh, Like I said, they, both fights, after Regis won the world title and Shock won the world title, the next Monday I was in the gym cleaning, and everybody's like, like, what's going to change? Nothing changes. Like, it's not... I'm still me, like I gotta wake up and this stuff's gotta get done, so. That's
0: what you do. Yeah. I heard you tell a story one time about, I don't know if it was the old Heights gym, you went in there and the windows opened inside and you opened it up and. That was where we
1: were first opened it up. It was like, it was like water coming through or some liquid coming through and there was a bum pissing through the window. Yes, yeah, my dad, <laughs> that was when, we were cleaning the gym actually, it wasn't even open yet. We were just, we were cleaning it out so he could, he could start, you know, we could start opening the gym. And they, uh, you could hear the water dripping, <laughs> and then, and and then I hear my dad just go crazy. And at that time, my dad was like, he, "No, everybody knew. Do not mess with Bill. He's crazy. He's chasing a guy down the street with a baseball bat. You know, like." Oh man. Yeah. So it was. Uh, Pissed him off. No pun intended. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's been several occasions like that, but. <laughs> uh,
0: and now, speaking of a
1: dad, you're you're a dad. That you have four children, yeah. Four kids. Yep. Three boys and one girl. Wow. You must. Uh, can't leave a lot of
0: time for other
1: things. No, I'm, I'm a home. I like being home. Okay. So, like, you're, these guys, like, everybody knows, like, after the fight, if I'm in driving distance, I'm gone. Right after the fight's over, I'm driving home. All the fighters are like, man, come on. no, no. I'm like, yeah, I'll meet you out there, whatever. I'm, I'm going home. And if there's a red eye, I'm getting on the red eye. If there's, like, this, after this fight here, there's a 5 a.m. flight I'm getting on. Okay. So, Get I'm home. I'm going home.
0: Yeah. So,
1: okay. when I'm not working, that's where I'm at.
0: Let's go back just for a second before we, we wrap up. I want to talk just a little bit about the, the pro-Greheny fight. Okay. And how you see that fight playing out. Because, again, we're talking about uh, Danielito and, you know, his movement. Obviously, Devin is an incredible, incredibly skilled boxer. Um, great movement. You know, do you see... How do you plan to, to equalize that or you know not i don't want you to have to no i will
1: there's there's several different ways though i mean it's it's uh you know it's 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 just strategizing on what what's going to happen you know and if 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 i don't i don't i see haney haney's a real fighter he's not going to just try to survive like Zaria did he's gonna try to win so there, it's a whole different ball game but at the same time you'll have your moment he'll be ready for that yeah
0: i can't wait for that fight
1: nobody can't it's a good one it's a really good one yeah. i can't wait for the
0: fight this saturday yes here in Cancun. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Um, we do something called fan questions. Are you co- okay to answer some fan yeah, questions? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let me get the uh, fan questions here. All right, first one. Jack Arnold asks Have you and
1: Regis ever considered jumping up to 147? Considered it? Yes, absolutely. But, um, once Regis hired his nutritionist and we had no problem making weight anymore, he thinks he wants to stay there. He, uh, to me, yeah, he's definitely capable of going to 47, in, in my opinion. But he, from, from what he's saying, he wants to stay at 140 his whole career. He's comfortable, he likes it. Yes.
0: Ronnie Stray asks, what attributes in particular do you look for when you're either scouting, a potential new fighter to train, or someone approaches
1: you, do they have fight in them the first thing you know Are they, can they fight but it, at, I, I don't know, I feel like I'll give anybody a chance you know I, I feel like I can make a difference, even if I know this person is not going to be a world champion, I feel like I can make a difference and better their career and protect them but so that's that's not a uh, I mean the, the question's good, but I just don't I don't it's not like oh, if this guy doesn't do this, I'm not going to train him right. I'll give anybody a chance. Yeah, I like that. And I've never scouted anybody. I've never gone out and looked for a fighter or talked to him, told him come train with me. Sure. So it's always been they come here first. Come
0: to you, yeah. J J Z eighteen says, pound for pound on the mitts, who's the biggest puncher
1: you've felt? Biggest puncher on the mitts? Different <laughs> to me. It's it's hard. To, it's a hard question to answer because. Heavyweights, they all hit hard, right? But like Regis hits at that, at that, at that weight, it's it's a, it's amazing how hard he hits, you know. So I don't know. It's it to me that's not a not an easy question to answer, but because Lou punched hard, um, of course there was a there was a heavyweight named. Um, uh, Mm, gary butler okay that was like he was just an opponent but man like on the mitts it was crazy i he hit you know uh but at that for like pound for pound if you call it like that i'd say really is one of the biggest punches i've uh i've caught unbelievable yeah
0: any before we go because we i'm gonna let you go i know you have a lot of things to do any great anecdotes so many years of great things you've seen any cool anecdote you want to leave us with? A a good story for the fans back in the day in the gym, something you saw?
1: All right, I'll leave with a funny story, okay? Okay. We had a kid that would come into the gym and really, like, you look at him shadow box and hit the bags and stuff, super, super talented. Like, wow, this kid can fight, you know? Uh, He had, like, five amateur fights when he started coming over. And uh, he would always brag, you know, "I I can fight, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this. So it's like, all right, but every time I would tell him he's going to spar, he wouldn't show up. And so I'm like, all right, so I'm going to catch feet. I got to catch him slipping. So he comes in one day and we're, our building's a two story building, um, but it's high. It's not just like two stories, like it's, it's bigger. So each, each floor is, uh, one's like nine feet and the next one's like 12 feet. So it's, it's pretty high. So I tell you walking in, He's walking, I say, hey, you're sparring today. He goes, all right, walks back to the locker room. And I'm doing mitts with somebody in the ring. And like half hour goes by and I don't see him. And so I'm like, well, he couldn't came out. He, I would have saw him. Like, yeah. I, he, you can't walk out of the locker room and I don't see him. So I'm waiting, I'm waiting. When I finally walk back there, he's not back there. I walk out, I'm looking around in Hollywood, Chris, Chris goes, who are you looking for? I said, so-and-so. He said, he jumped he said, out the window. Out the window. No. And you can't, like, if you looked, if you saw this window that he jumped out of, he goes, he goes, he left, bro. And I said, no, he couldn't have. I said, he couldn't. I said, he goes, no, bro. He was running to his car when I pulled up. And I said, and he goes, yeah, you know, he had all his stuff. And he, he said, because I knew you were going to make him spar. I asked him, did you spar? And he goes, yeah, I sparred. And then he got in his car and he burnt off and he didn't come back. Superman. <laughs>
0: Jumped out the window. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, listen, man, Bobby, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. And fans, please tune in this Saturday, an incredible fight. Oshaki Foster defends his title against Rocky Hernandez. Next week, Joe Cordina and Vasquez in Monte Carlo. This is a wrap. David Diamante with Bobby Benton, Matchroom Radio. Thank you, brother. Thank you, bud. Appreciate
1: you having me.